Good afternoon. How y'all doing out there? Y'all hear me? Uh, for the, to those online, take off my mask. That might help, right? So, customs. Uh, to those of you guys online, welcome to Mosaic Life. Again, I'm Monty McDaniel, and I'm all the way from Wilson, California, but my home church is Bayside Midtown. I guess more uh, volume in the mic. Thank you. Um, this month is October, um, and it is Pastor Appreciation Month. And y'all got some wonderful pastors here at Mosaic Life. Amen? And so, yeah, I got some hand claps. Okay, okay. I was making sure. And uh, like the pastor was saying, they're, they're out on vacation. Uh, pastor Jack told me, you know, he'll be back sometime this week. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, uh, when God stewards you with something, you need time to rest. And oftentimes, pastors, they burn out or they get weary in the ministry because they're constantly going and going and going. And so I'm glad that Pastor Jack and Pastor Brenda Gonzalez are taking time away from us, us, y'all, and uh, able to take care of themselves and their families. So, again, we love y'all. Uh, I know Pastor Jack loves sushi, so, you know, gift card him a lot. And, then I, you know, Pastor Brenda, just, just give her a gift card. You know, I know she's taking care of her babies and stuff with Pastor Jack, but um, just love on them this month, and uh, amen. So I am tasked this morning to speak uh, out of the context of the unity of the body of Christ. The unity of the body of Christ. If you go with me to the Gospel according to John, chapter 17. The Gospel according to John, chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. I'll read in your hearing. My prayer is not for them alone, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Someone say message. The all of them many, the all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you've given, you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. Let's go to Ephesians chapter four, verses one through six. I'll read in your hearing. Paul is talking here. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity, someone say unity, of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, someone say one body, and one spirit. One spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who's over all and through all, all in all. The unity of the body of Christ. Okay, y'all hear that beat? Okay, y'all. Now, I don't know about you, I'm hip-hop. Um, and uh, this song here is 1994, Queen Latifah. 
So if I had a remix of this topic, it would be called U-N-I-T-Y of the Body of Christ. Okay, I got some, some head nods a little bit. Can you, a little soul clap? A little bit? No? Okay. Yeah, at home, a little, little soul clap? U-N-I-T-Y? Cool. You can go ahead and cut it. Thank you. So in 1994, I was a junior in high school when this song came out. This song actually won a Grammy Award. Um, but really it spoke to and spoke out against the disrespect of women in society, addressing issues of harassment, domestic, uh, domestic violence, and slurs against women in hip-hop culture. The, the chorus goes something like this. U-N-I-T-Y, U-N-I-T-Y, that's unity. U-N-I-T-Y, love a black woman from here to infinity, or from infinity to infinity. And so Queen Latifah is saying, look, enough is enough. I know as a woman, you know, we're minorities in this hip-hop culture, but I'm tired of being marginalized. And I'm calling for unity because as all hip-hop artists would say, we need each other. And so she's really calling an, an anthem to action, that I'm tired of being marginalized, harassed, looked down on. And even in the song, I won't say it. She says, who are you calling her? Because with, with that type of passion and earnesty, she's saying, I want us to be unified in the hip hop community. It's with the similar earnesty Jesus is talking to us in John chapter 17. It's not some passive, hey guys, if you guys have time, be one like you and the Father. Me and the Father are one. Hey, whenever you have time in your busy week, be one like the Father and I are one. No, during this context, Jesus is about to be arrested, about to be betrayed by his own disciple. He's about to be publicly humiliated. He's about to be obviously spat on and uh, mistreated by the Roman police. He's about to be publicly shamed. And so with great earnesty and passion, he says, I need you guys to keep it together, to be one, to be one body. And we see in, in Ephesians, Paul is writing from a, prison cell, or he's on house arrest at, at Rome, and rather than saying, you know what, man, I'm, I'm on house arrest, and I don't know how long I'm going to be here, because they tripping, and I, I can't get no bail. Y'all can go ahead and do what y'all want to do. No, he says, he says, look, there's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one God all through in us all. He says, be unified. Keep the unity of the, of the spirit through the bond of peace. He's charging us from a prison environment. So when we see Jesus and we hear Paul, they're echoing one another with a fervency and a passion to us believers. It says, regardless of what climate that we're in today, what's going on right now, the challenge you might be facing on a personal level or even on a social level, we have to keep it together. You got one amen. Amen. I'm in the right place. We have to be unified. The U-I 
U-N-I-T-Y, the body of Christ. So I have three points today from both texts that can help us become mature into becoming one in Christ. The first point is the call for unity. In verse 21 in John, he says that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Again, in this chapter 17, we see a progression of prayer from Jesus. He starts out in this chapter praying for himself. I don't know about you, but maybe this season in life, you've just been praying for yourself. I've been going through so much in my life, I can't see nothing but my issues, my stuff. I mean, it's kind of over my head. I'm, I'm kind of treading water. There's, there's seasons in life as a Christian that you just got, man, I got to encourage myself. It might be you today. Like, man, I'm just, I can't see beyond just my stuff. My situation, my circumstance. But Jesus didn't stop just praying for himself. He knows he's going to go to the cross and die for the world. He actually, he did what? He prayed for his disciples or apostles. He says, look, I need them to be, be one like we are one, Father. I need them to follow me, my example. And he doesn't stop there. Then he prays for a remnant of believers who will believe the message of the apostles and know Jesus through the message. So as a believer, yes, there are seasons of life. we got to just pray from some, some, some of that inner stuff. But God's saying, I want you to look beyond yourself and pray for the needs of someone else. Can you look beyond your situation today and say, man, I, I know I'm going through some stuff, but there's someone in my life, in my sphere of influence, that might be going something going through something twice as worse than I'm going through. I mean, you don't know what God is, you know, dealing with someone else on a different level. We can sometimes get so like, I get hate to say kind of like narcissistic in our prayer life that we forget that someone else is dealing with something worse than me. A different challenge. A different race altogether. Yes, I know we're in a pandemic. I know people have lost loved ones. Lost jobs, lost homes. But even in all of that, there's people in different spaces in this country and in this world that are dealing with things that's worse beyond our imagination. And can we have the empathy like Jesus to pray for other people? The call for unity. The question I want to propose to us that comes out of this text is, why would Jesus put so much emphasis on unity? What is at stake? The answer lies in the text. It says that the world may believe. The Greek word for world in this text actually is cosmos, which means constitution or order of government. In other words, the church was never to look at the order of government political parties as a model for how society should treat all humanity. We are the light of the world. I'll say it one more time. We are the light of the world. The government should be asking us, the body of Christ, how we love one another, 
how can you treat people beyond the basis of their ethnicity? How can you love someone beyond their place of origin or neighborhood or zip code? They should be asking us that. The world, the local, state, and national government does not have all the answers to resolve the many plagues or issues that hinder, that challenge humanity. America, with all its civil, civil liberties, is not the kingdom of God. I'll say it again. America, with all its civil liberties, is not the kingdom of God. We must put our alliance, trust, and hope in the kingdom of God while yet advocating for the well-being of the least of these. Our love for God should mandate us to serve the poor, the marginalized, those who've been disenfranchised, that points people to the one who became man so he can empathize with our pain, but yet is God enough to heal us from our pain. I, I, I want to speak to the person in the room and online today. I'm going to be feeling alone, isolated, distant from family and friends. I mean, you're all I'm by yourself. God wants me to encourage you today and says, he's calling you this. He's calling you to a being a part of a family of believers, a community of Jesus seekers. God, people, men, women, boys and girls who want to know more about Jesus. You are called to this. If you can type in your, in, in your, in your, in your, in your thread there, you are called to this. Someone say you're called to this. God has called each of us to be a unifier in the face of division. God has called us to be a reconciler in the face of despair. God has called us to be a peacemaker in the face of chaos and fear. You are called to this. Point number two, the cost for unity. Paul says in, uh, in verse 3 there in chapter 4, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. The word Paul uses for keep means to keep an eye on, to watch, to be on guard. I thought about the story in the Old Testament about Nehemiah the prophet and how he was, his mission was to rebuild the walls that were torn down. And so here he is leading, leading, leading the charge and his mission was to restore the wall because the walls was an identity for the people of God. Reminded that God was faithful even in the midst of their challenging times. And oftentimes, even when you're on mission with God, you're going to face an adversary. And Nehemiah had an adversary. Two of them, Sambalt and Tobiah. And Sambalt and Tobiah, they were so upset and envious and I mean, cr critical about Nehemiah. They're like, hey, we're going to attack these, these guys. We're going to sabotage what, what they're doing, and uh, we're going to come against them. So me and Nehemiah and Ezra, they all strategize and say, look, we're going to have one person keep working on the walls. The other person is about that action. Right? They have the sword, just in case they go down and attack us during, during, during this time. And it's interesting, as the body of Christ, even as Christians, among Christian communities, we got certain groups that critique, criticize from the sideline. Oh, look at them Christians. What they doing over there? What they, what they think they doing? It's easy for you to comment, criticize from the sidelines. 
It's another thing to actually join in and partner and be a part of the solution. As the people of God, we want to see the kingdom of God being advanced in our communities and in our society. We need to guard up, keep an eye out of anyone that tries to hinder what God desires to do in our life. Even during this pandemic, as challenging it has been for a lot of families here, I thank God for someone in, in, in here at Mosaic Life that says, you know what? We're going to keep going. We're going to guard what God is doing here. I'm not going to just throw, throw in the towel and give up and say, well, I guess they can Zoom sometimes. Sometimes they can just come in. No, I believe Pastor Jack and Pastor Brenda say, hey, look, we're going to keep guard on what God has, is doing in the lives of his people here at Mosaic Life. And we're going to keep on moving. We're going to keep on keeping on in the name of Jesus Christ. Because lives are at stake. Keep guard. It's going to cost you to be a unified front. It's going to cost you. I wrote down three reasons that hinder us, we the body of Christ, to become more unified. And one is our ego. Yeah, you know, that, that, that ego in us, that it's all about me. My, my self-worth, my ambitions, uh, my importance, my existence, I, 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 I'm, it's all about me. You know, I want the cake and eat it too. That, that hinders us. Number two, disobedience. Refusal to, refusal to yield to the purpose and plan for God in our lives. It's, it's basically just sin. And the third one, it's kind of tricky, but it it's exists. Institutional power. The body of Christ is never meant to be an organization. It's always an organism. It's not, it's not a business model. Institutional power. That hinders us. It is made up of people who are purchased by the blood of Jesus to do good works in a fallen and broken world. I also wrote down three ways to unify the body of Christ. The first one is the idea of Lordship, having the right Lord. Who is your Lord? Who are you really following? Now, the, 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 the Jesus in the Bible is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He's a commander in chief. He rules and reigns. He super reigns. He transcends all culture, all society. He reigns over not just some things, but all things. So, who are you following? Who is your Lord? The next one is this idea of love, love that just transcends beyond convenience or comfort. God calls us to what? Do what? Love our neighbor. Only when it's, when it's convenient? No. It's got to cost you something. And the, and, the, and the third one is the work of the Holy Spirit. We have to have the person and work of the Holy Spirit active in our lives so we can love without you know, certain limitations. It is the Holy Spirit that unifies us, that binds us together. I can't be unified in my own strength. I need the person and work of the Holy Spirit. If you read the book of Acts chapter 2, you'll see the image that's on display. You had all these Christian or common, uh, these believers in Christ, they went to a place in Jerusalem they called the upper room. And Jesus told them to stay there until I give you what? The Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit fell on them, they were empowered 
to go and be on mission for the cause of Christ. And so as believers, we need the, in, the infilling, the power of the Holy Spirit active in our lives so we can stay unified during this climate that we're in. And my last point is the conversion for unity. So we got the call for unity. God's calling us to something bigger than us. The cost of unity, that someone has, someone has to keep guard what God's already doing in our lives. And three, the conversion for unity. Paul says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. In the gospel according to Luke, Jesus speaks directly to Peter and says, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I pray for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, you've been converted, strengthen your brothers. That word sift there means to overtake, to shake. The word converted means to actually turn back to God and worship God. The adversary, the devil, will come against you. Mm -hmm. He'll try to do all he can to try to distract you, to shake you, to shift you from the faith. Mm -hmm. I got a couple of amens in here. He'll try to come against you to make you fear that this is the end of what's going on and where is God at now. And the adversary has a way of allowing circumstances to be bigger than the promises God over your life. The adversary has a way of trying to distract you from what God has called you to. He's trying to sift you as wheat. Jesus says, look, I pray for you, Peter. I stood on in the gap for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. And once you've been converted, go and do what? Strengthen someone else. The pandemic in 2020 has shaken a lot of us. It has tried to overtake us, causing fear, doubt, worry, unbelief. If we're honest, the pandemic has taken a lot of us in the black and brown community in which we couldn't even go see and bury our loved ones. It has shaken us. But I stand here because I serve a God who prays for me. I'm still here because someone prayed for me. There's some things that's been going on in my life I don't know how I was going to get out of. In my own head, my own mental health, my own areas of issues of grief and sometimes depression and anxiety like God I don't like feeling this way and I'll be the only way I be able to come up for water is because someone prayed for me the reason we're still here able to come in the house of God and gather and worship because someone is praying for you you might not be able to feel it right now, but someone is praying for you not to give up, not to be overtaken. I don't know about you, but the one thing I love about God is that he's not done with me yet. So one more time. One, of the, one thing that I love about my God is that he's not done with me yet. And so I want to encourage you that God is not done with you yet. 
he is still writing your story. What if I told you what binds us together as a community of believers is not just our worship style. It's not just our values and teachings. Yes, they're important. Yes, they're essential. But that's not the thing that binds us. What binds us is that we all have a story. What binds us is that we all have a, a similar story on how God met us where we were at. He came down to where we were at and he spoke to us life. He came where I was dark and wounded and broken and depressed and conflicted and worried and he came and says, be still. That, that's, the God, that's the God who is still writing your story. That's the God that's still writing your story. I, I don't care where you're at in life, where you came from in life, but God's saying, but God. But, but God, I, I lost a loved one. I, I lost my job, but God. He's still writing your story. I don't know about you, but there's been times in this, in this climate where I've been like, man, I'm, I'm looking on my timeline. I'm like, what should I believe? Where should I go? Can I be for something and, and then be against something? I'm being pulled left and right. And God's saying, I need you to stand still and be about my business. The Father's business. He says, he says, my prayer, Father, is that I in them, Christ in me, and God in Christ. That's that whole thing together. That Christ is in me, the hope of glory. That Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So if you can, repeat after me. It says, it says, say Christ in me. Say Christ in me. And God in Christ. Christ in me. And God in Christ. And if we're honest, sometimes I don't feel that, that Christ in me. I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on. We gotta remind ourselves that God is in me. He's working in and through me. And that story that he's writing is not just for me. Jesus says, Jesus says, I'm praying for them that they may believe through their what? Their message or their story. What if I told you that because of the story of God writing in your life, someone will come to know Jesus? There's healing in your story. There's hope in your story. There's strength in your story. Don't marginalize your story. Don't underestimate your story. God is yet writing your story. I don't care if you're young, old, black, white, Hispanic, yellow, green. God is still writing your story. And the adversary knows that. Show you all he can to distract you, make you feel less than. God is saying, you matter to me. You are important to me. Don't let systems or, or, or agendas or ideologies hinder you from telling your story. Because someone 
will come to know Jesus because of your story. And around that idea, around that mission, we become united as a people. So I'm wearing this shirt. It says, we, we are the change agents. We are the people of God that should see societal change. I can't tell you what happened after this election. I can't tell you what 2021 has in store for us. But what I do know, God is yet on the throne. I'll say one more time. God is yet on the throne. And he's saying, I need us to be one. Enough's enough, people of God. We can't be fighting amongst each other. We got to be one in this thing. I didn't die for us to be, you know, political parties. I didn't die for us to be fighting amongst each other. I died that we may be one in me. I called us to be one. Please stand. I, I definitely want to pray for that person today. It's kind of feeling like just in some cases, giving up. You feel stuck. I mean, you're moving a lot, but you're not really going nowhere. I pray for that person who's dealing with grief and, and pain and conflict, affliction, if you will, both spiritual and physical. I want to pray with you. I want to, I want to, I want to strengthen you today in prayer. If that's you, come on down. But I also want to pray for the person who's, just, who's on the outside of the household of God on the fringes of faith. And again, you're feeling distant from God. You feel like you're on an island all by yourself. And I want to pray that you know Jesus. I want to pray that God would reach out and bring you into this family of faith. I want to pray with you. Bring your needs today, whatever they are. I want to pray with you. You are loved here at Mosaic Life. You are valued here at Mosaic Life. And we want to bring a bunch of us as believers to rally around what God's doing in your life. 